Thank you for tuning into the Taking Background Podcast, a podcast about making a difference. Tonight, we're going to talk about being a leader in whatever position God has you in, in your job, to be an influencer in your community. Let's go. everyone, welcome to Taking Background Podcast, a podcast where we are all about making a difference and equipping men to be leaders in their life, their home, and their city. Yes. Leaving a legacy, making a difference. <laughs> one week at a time. One, Yeah, one episode at a time. <laughs> one episode yeah. at a time, hopefully every week. Yeah, and we wanted to start this episode off by talking about the worst jobs we've ever had. Oh, yeah. And I think I just changed my answer for Tommy's from what he was originally going with <laughs> and his worst job ever being doing the podcast intros. <laughs> oh, man, I hope someday we get to put out a blooper reel of every time that I have to lead into one of these episodes because it's, it literally falls epic. apart every time. And I just got to pull it together and it takes about three minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, but in reality, though, reality. Like, what's the worst the job? The worst ever job had? I've ever had. If I had to break it down to one job, <sighs> there's this quickie mart in Hilliard. And and for those of you that aren't from Spokane, right. like Hilliard is, it's not quite felony flats. So it's not like the worst neighborhood yeah. in town, but it's, it's, it's definitely rougher. the hood. It's a rougher neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, for those that are listening from Hilliard that don't want to be classified as a hood, it's rougher. I mean, that's they politically correct, they right? They know it. That's <laughs> just a rougher. Anyways, so imagine a quickie mart like it's you would rougher. see. Rougher. <laughs> but it's a, just a, a quickie mart. Like the you think of the Simpsons, mm-hmm. you know, a quickie mart. And so um, for some reason, my grandfather's barbershop was next door to this. Um, and I had just... It's like transitioning, like, so like junior year. You're like 17, 16? Yeah, 17, almost 18. How'd you get a job at a quickie mart? You can't even like sell cigarettes at that age. Dude, I don't even know what I was supposed to be doing there, but I just come from Albertsons, which is mm-hmm. a grocery store. Mm-hmm. So there you have lots to do all day long. You face shelves, you stock shelves, you courtesy clerk is what I was doing. So you help people out with their stuff. So I go into this thinking, it's going to be a lot like a grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like nasty. It was awful. The back room, something was dead under a mountain of boxes. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to clean those boxes up. And I'm going to tell you the truth right now. I didn't clean up like six or seven boxes because I was afraid of what was underneath there. It was bleh. So how long did you last in that job? Two weeks. But he came to me and he was like, you know what? We just... We don't have a whole lot of use for you right now. We've got everything cleaned up. You know, yeah. Um, we'll call you if we need you again. And I was just like, in my heart, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is the worst. But it so gave you went me back to Albertsons. No, I went to Les Schwab after that, oh, which was awesome. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it Slinging was rough. tires. What was your worst job? So different reasons for being the worst, but I've had mm. this like odd tendency in my life of like switching between like white collar and blue collar jobs. Ooh, you okay. know, anytime I've had a job change in hashtag blue collar. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And, uh, this was, uh, oh gosh, a number of years ago, I just moved back to Spokane mm-hmm. trying to find a job and 
everyone was making loads of money in the oil fields of North Dakota. Come on, North Dakota. Yeah, so I took a job with Halliburton. Ooh, I. And uh, I was uh, in cementing over there for all the, the fracking that was going on. And Frack. I knew that the job wasn't for me after I'd been there for three, four months. And we finally like settled into the dead of winter. <laughs> and in North I mean, Dakota. bear in mind, like I'm in full Arctic gear at this point and we're out there and it's like negative 27 outside. Oh, and that's the sassy. temperature. Like, cause you're out in North coast, so the wind's blowing. So I think like the, the wind chill was like negative 68 or 70 or something. Oh. And it, it was so cold we were only out there for 20 minute shifts and then we would come back inside for an hour to warm back <laughs> to up. warm up production went through the roof i'm right. guessing and i mean it was hard i mean we winter. were hauling like four inch iron or six inch iron and like pounding these things together and hooking them up to trucks to pump cement down into the the oil wells that the roughnecks drilled and yeah, man how ripped were you though were you just like broed out i was i was a bit stronger you were probably at that out. point than i am yeah. now yeah but that blue collar would do dude, it to you like that cold that would be awful like it, it was the worst and so yeah so i went from that to being an insurance agent <laughs> So far ends of the spectrum. Yeah, far ends of the spectrum. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, why don't you guys tell us about the worst job you've ever had? Please. Give us a call 509-906-3122 or send us an email to takingbackgroundspokane at gmail.com. Or leave and it in the comments. Always, please, comments. Or you could leave it leave in the comments. comments. Yeah. Please like, share, get your friends to listen. You guys know what to do out there on them interwebs. I like that. I mm -hmm. like it. It's good. Tonight's Bible verse is taken from Proverbs 31, 23. Her husband is known in the gates where he sits among the elders of the land. Mm, I think we're going to have to unpack that just know, a little bit. You're giving me a, a bit of a look. For those that uh, may not understand, like myself, when we first, when we were prepping for this uh -huh. podcast, I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, back in the day, like in ancient times <laughs> way, way way back, back in, the, in day. the day uh so we're not talking about your grandpa talking, talking like about 800 great great great, 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 great <laughs> grandpa <laughs> no um back in the day like in like near eastern cultures the elders of the city and the men that were respected would sit in the city gates and all of the business in the city would get transacted there mm. And so it was a place where if you were a man who was worthy of respect, if you were one of the elders in the community, you would sit in the city gate. And that's what we're talking about here yeah. tonight. So, um, I mean, would you say that respect is the primary economy of men out in the workforce? Ah, uh, yeah. Especially in the blue collar end of it. Cause I don't, I mean, mm -hmm. I, come I don't, from think, I don't think it's like just blue collar. Though. Yeah. Like I think it's across the board yeah. how important respect is. So I'm just going to give you blue, blue collar perspective because I don't know white collar, but respect for sure. Respect and work ethic mm -hmm. are the two things in the blue collar side that I would say if you're a, a man wanting to gain respect, wanting to gain some stature, especially within a company, um, that those are two things that are, are primary. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that like when we look at like 
the generation that's like entering the workforce right now, <laughs> uh, work ethic is like this huge problem. What? Uh, yeah. You know it's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's 100% and true. And so, like, if you see, like, an 18-year-old kid, you know, that, like, is going above and beyond, I yes. mean, I'm sure that he's, like, a full, like... Yes. You snatch that kid up and you do not let him go. Yeah. I've got two of them on my crew right now mm-hmm. that I've had since they first came out of high school. And it's like, dude, you are this diamond in the rough. Not to say, not to blanket the whole... But yeah. most most uh, younger folks would rather be on their TikToks and mm-hmm. and Instagrams all day, and I have a couple of those also, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's frustrating. But no, I, I mean, and why do you think like that work ethic like ties into respect? Then I don't know because when you look at a man or female in the workforce that is striving to go. I don't know that is striving to, to make a difference in their, with their work. Like Mm -hmm. they value their work. They value their name in work. Mm -hmm. I mean that, that just says, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but that's, that's something that you look for. That's something Mm -hmm. that you want because they're not just there to collect the paycheck. Mm -hmm. They're there to give a good quality product, Mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm, what I'm trying to get at there. Yeah. So I think like, it's super important. Like, even if you're the lowest man on the payroll. Oh dude. Yeah. For you to start acting like a leader. Yeah. So I'm going to give you for instance, okay. right? Cause I came up through the apprenticeship. Um, and so when I entered the apprenticeship, it was back in, um, Oh five. Mm-hmm. So you could still, uh, be a little bit vulgar and, uh, belittle people mm-hmm. without going to jail. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so my apprenticeship was, a, it was a lot different because when, when you enter the workforce, it's just, it's a lot like for me, it was a lot like going to boot camp, if you will, where you are basically trash mm-hmm. and you're always in the way you're always just trying. So when I got to my first job, I was greener than green, didn't know what to do. But I grabbed a shovel, jumped in the hole, and just started shoveling. Even though I was supposed to be an operator, mm-hmm. supposed to be up above running a machine, um, what I found that the older guys responded better to was somebody who had a work ethic, somebody who wanted mm-hmm. to get after it. So I was willing to take that punishment of belittling and whatever, mm-hmm. but showing them that I could work mm-hmm. and knowing that at the end of the day, they're going to come up to you and say, hey, you did all right. Mm-hmm. They never told me I did a good job. It was always, yeah, you did all right. You did all right. But I knew yeah. that when they said you did all right, it yeah. was better than what they'd yeah. called so, me all day. And, but now you're one of the old guys. Now like, I'm one of the old there, guys. You know? Well, I, I don't want to be an old guy. I'm just a boss, I guess. I mean, yeah, we're only I'm an old a couple guy. of years from I'm our a stinking old guy. 20 year high school reunion. <laughs> that is awful. But, but yeah. mean, now that you're one of the old guys on the crew, I mean, you're seeing that in guys that you work with as well. And w- what do you think led to you being a foreman in your work? I would say it, it was that I came to this realization that um, the Bible calls you um, to do your work as unto the Lord. I can't remember what verse that is, but, um, and so when you can switch your mindset to I'm working for a paycheck or I'm working for this company and you can switch it to where, I'm working for Jesus, regardless of what I have to do. I'm shoveling poop all day. I'm mm-hmm. doing this for Jesus. I've been down in manholes, live sewer manholes, mm-hmm. shoveling out dirt 
that has gone in the bottom of it with, we're talking toilet paper, nastiness going by you. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that popped in my head, because I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm an operator. I shouldn't even be down here, mm -hmm. was that you're doing this for God. You're clean. I mean, it sounds stupid, but once you get in that mindset, it changes your whole way of thinking mm -hmm. because you're no longer doing this for a paycheck, no longer doing this for the company. You're doing this for God. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that being willing to be that kind of employee, like often leads to leadership, but it also leads to being able to influence others. I remember when I was in the army, uh, I was a chaplain's assistant and I was in a military police unit. And so, you know, part of my role, you know, was like ministering to these guys. And when I first got to the MP battalion, uh, because I wasn't an MP, uh, I didn't fit in with the guys. Yeah. And it took time. It took me being able to run as fast as they could, be able to work out as hard as they could, being able to do all the soldier stuff that we had to do as hard or better than they could. And in time, once they saw that I wasn't just some pogue, that person other than Grunt, oh, um, <laughs> the Army loves acronyms, you know? Yeah. And it, it took like time to essentially gain their respect. Yeah. But once I had their respect, I had this opportunity to like actually like speak into their life. Yeah. Getting to that place where you can earn their respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I that's think life, that, I think you could, you, so? could, you could, I mean, let's use it. I mean, it seems weird, but we can use it as like a, uh, church application, mm -hmm. um, where it goes to God leading you to pray for somebody else. Mm -hmm. That might just be something personal between you and that one person, but you don't know how many other people are watching that happen and going, mm -hmm. okay, so that guy, you know, he's a prayer warrior. He's going after it. Mm -hmm. So you influence that guy, you influence this guy, and then it just slowly works your yeah. way up. Well, I think it's important. Like you don't know who's watching you. Yeah. Like, and, and we all have bad days, you know, when, when we're out there on the job, but I've been in situations where, unfortunately, this was like a good thing in my life where I conducted myself in my job in this good way. Mm -hmm. And then five years later, some higher up, you know, in that company, I run into it like another function or whatever. And he remembers me and remembers what I, what my work ethic was. And, you know, he had like a level of respect for me and it led to other opportunities that could have gone the other way. Yeah. You know, where maybe I, I did something I shouldn't have been doing, or maybe I was just plain lazy, or maybe I was rude or disrespectful, you know, to someone and someone else notices that. And you don't even get an opportunity because that person that saw yeah. that kind of shuts it down, Yeah, you know? And so, I mean, someone's always watching. They're always watching. Yeah. It's true. Yourself it's true. Your laptop right there. It's not watching. There's no green light. <laughs> There's that's no on green right light there. that's on. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, man. what other, like, just besides, like, having a work ethic, what other, like, leadership principles do you think is important as men to have in the workplace? Uh, I would, one of the things I would put up there is being able to communicate mm -hmm. so much of today is, is not really engaging face to face. Yeah. And so I think as 
to become a leader, even like me as an apprentice, I would ask the journeyman, I'd be like, Hey, you know, I'm doing this. How could I do it better? And engaging them in a conversation face to face, I think is huge. I mean, and you can put that over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you being within yeah, the you're church about, like, and having questions, like when you're in kind of that follower stage. Yeah. Well, even even me as a as a boss right now, mm-hmm. being able to go to the people that are working for me and being like, "Hey, let's talk about why we're doing what we're doing," or "I saw you doing this." These are the reasons why I don't want you to do that. And I want you to do it this way instead of just being like, oh, you're being stupid. Get out and then jump in and do it. Mm-hmm. Being able to communicate what you expect and yeah, how you are feeling in that moment is huge. Yeah. I mean, I think communication is one of the big things that sets you apart as a leader because then yeah. you're able to like cast vision mm-hmm. for what, what you're doing and why you're doing it. And bring people alongside you. Yeah. And that. it it can go the other way too. So we got you got to be careful with your words. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because, we're, yeah, it's true. Words words cut yeah. deep and the tongue, you know, can be used for good. Yeah. In building something or it can absolutely be used in tearing people oh, down. Man. And I've had days so. especially recently mm-hmm. where me as a boss, I've had to go back especially with uh, one apprentice that um we have she brand new and I just it was the end of the shift. I was done. It was really hot. And I just lost it in like the most awful way. Mm -hmm. So me realizing this probably 15, 20 minutes later, I go back to her and I'm like, Hey, this is a whole day of stuff that just came out on you. I apologize that you don't deserve it. And just being able to articulate how I'm feeling in that moment, but having her understand that what she was doing wasn't exactly right or what she needed to be doing. So being able to articulate that I think is huge even when you screw up yeah. to be able to mend it. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing I learned and this kind of came out when I was in the military is, you know, leaders eat last. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that like idea of servant leadership, mm-hmm. like it's so important for you to put others before yourself. And especially if you are in a position of leadership to make sure that you take care of your guys. Absolutely. Before, you take a break yourself, you know, or, um, and and I think that that like cultivates this culture, you know, of respect, Mm -hmm. you know, for you in that they understand like, Oh, my boss isn't slacking right now. You know, he's making sure that we're taken care of, you know, before that. And then I think that something that goes along with that is there's a difference between like managing people. Yeah. I need you to go do this. I need you to go do this. And you're kind of being lazy and not doing what you need to do versus leading people where you're like, Hey, I'm already doing this. You need to come alongside me. You know? Oh yeah. That's huge. Especially in my line of work, because you have, we have two, two kinds of bosses. Mm -hmm. We have the, Hey, you go do this. You go do this while he's sitting my F one fifty while he's sitting in his air conditioned truck. Right. And so coming up as an apprentice, you, I was able to see both of those. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, the one boss that comes to mind right now, um, Colin, when I was working for, um, KLB, the guy would get out and do it. Mm -hmm. He was the hardest boss I've ever had, but he was out there doing it. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, dude, he's out there. I'm, I'm doing it. So now, um, that's, that's my, uh, my one line that I do, especially to my operators who won't get out of the seat Mm -hmm. is like, that's all right. It's all right. I got it. I'll finish shoveling this ditch. I got it. No, no, no. I got it. 
and then that'll get them to come out. I mean, it's it's Shame. a joke, but Shame. when when your people that you're working under mm-hmm. or, or that you're working above see you mm-hmm. getting out there, doing the hard work, not doing the easy stuff like jumping in a piece of iron or something, but getting out, yeah. shoveling, raking, I think that that instills um, more respect for you. And, yeah. and it, it's led to me having a group of guys around me that I've had for the last five years because mm-hmm. they keep coming back. Mm-hmm. In my line of work, you don't have to come back to the same company every year because we have a layoff season, mm-hmm. but they keep coming back um, to be on, work to be on my crew. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying that to puff myself up. I'm just saying that as a leader, you can have influence that extends mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to just be the time frame that you're with a certain company or that you're with a certain friend group. Yeah. You know, it can, I don't know, it can spread longer than that. Yeah. I think that it's huge because um, when we talk about like having influence in our city, that this is a really easy thing for men to do mm-hmm. to have influence. And, you know, they might not be in a leadership position like what you're currently in. Mm-hmm yet but someday they will and that'll be more likely if they're being a leader and having like not just leaderly qualities but also like working qualities and that ethic that kind of sets you apart and through doing those things you know like you were saying you've got five or six guys that want to come back and work for you you know maybe eventually and maybe this doesn't apply to you but like guys that have that kind of loyal following built around them maybe they eventually start their own company and they already have like yep. a crew of folks that are willing to come die on that hill with you <laughs> yeah you know yeah in doing that and then that grows over time because mm-hmm. the more compelling of a leader you are the more people are going to follow you yeah and that's, that's how sure. that's how we take background in our community is through living the kind of life, having the kind of work ethic, being the kind of leader that people are willing to follow. Well, and if you have that servant leadership mindset, when you're at work, then when you're out in the community, say you're shopping, it leads to holding a door for somebody. It, It leads to seeing somebody who, you know, needs like a buck or, you know, something like that and being able to help them out or to paying for somebody's groceries behind you or something like that. Yeah. It's just the sacrificial. It's all about being sacrificial. I'm, mm-hmm. And that comes straight from the Bible. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate example, the epitome for us. I mean, he, he's our king. And mm-hmm. yet, the night that he was betrayed, he's washing the feet yeah. of his disciples. Servant leadership, period. And praying for them and literally going to the cross and dying for them. Yeah. And the impact that that had on the 12 men that were following him, like ballooned into billions of people, you know, on this earth following Jesus because of that that sacrificial leadership. And we're called to be like Jesus. And the best way that we can extend his kingdom is through being like him. Yeah. And there's in our work, not to say you got to be a doormat. You don't have to be a doormat, especially Mm -hmm. at work. But being willing to sacrifice a little extra time, a little bit, a little bit of money, a little bit of something, yeah, just to make, just to make your point, yeah, yeah, and that's how we, <laughs> that's how we do it, that's how we do it. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. It's time to regain the initiative. 
and make a difference in your life, your home, and in your city. Let's take that ground.